Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age. So parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. You know, it's really easy to forget just how much nutrition and lifestyle can affect educational success. So here's a question for you. What if your child's performance could be improved simply by changing their diet? You see a lack of motivation and tiredness could be a lot less about workload and more about energy levels because diet affects mood, sleep, and ability to recover from the day. Those extra stresses from pandemic life also make it more essential than ever to take care of our bodies. And that starts with the food we put into them. You can't outlearn a poor diet, no matter how hard we try. Yet, you know, figuring out what to do and then sticking with it, especially with our kids, right? It's easier said than done. So my guest today, Megan Dillabaugh, solves this problem for entrepreneurs and busy families. She is a holistic nutrition and lifestyle consultant, fondly referred to as the wellness wizard and the kitchen witch. Megan uses her kitchen as her lab and then shares her amazing discoveries so that we can get back to the basics of eating well, and feeling great. If you're looking for simple and effective ways for you and your family to stay healthy, then keep listening. Megan, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. So delighted to have you because this is a really important topic for families, right? And first, just kind of wondering, I mean, how are you doing right now? I'm, oddly enough, I feel like I'm doing fabulous. And I feel kind of bad saying that because I know there's a lot of people not doing fabulous, but I feel like I'm the type of person that kind of sees the silver lining in things. So I've definitely used this time to like jump in the kitchen and and play. So I'm (laughs) utilizing all the moments I can to just like snuggle with my dogs and just to embrace what we're going through. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I guess one thing with about having your own kitchen to play in is COVID doesn't have to get in the way of that. So what's fun for you right now? What are you really enjoying? Well, I'm working on my very first like ebook recipe guide. So I've been playing with the kitchen or playing in the kitchen with all those recipes. So that's been super fun. Even the flops are delicious. So like, it's (laughs) not a bad gig at all. And then just getting to know people on a better, deeper level, I feel, because we have the time. People aren't as busy and they're not running go, 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 you know, between karate and soccer and all the things. So I feel like that's something else that I'm really enjoying is just getting to those deep conversations, getting to know people better as opposed to quick fly by the seat of your pants type conversations. Right, right. Yeah. Things are, I guess, the gift of slowing down a little bit for sure. Yeah. So just curious, what got you so passionate about health and nutrition? What, what led you down this path? Honestly, I it was started when I was young. Like I wasn't a healthy child by any means. And I was a medical mystery though. Like no one knew what to do with me. And by unhealthy, I mean not, I wasn't just stuck in, you know, the hospital all the time or anything, but it was that borderline, not really sick enough 
to be noticed. Mm. So I dealt with shingles when I was 16 years old. My immune system was really shot. I fluctuated in weight a lot. I had really terrible cystic, like painful acne. I dealt with a lot of tonsil infections. Like I had my tonsils out when I was 10. Hmm. Like there was just a lot of ups and downs and fluctuations, but wasn't so severe that I was constantly hospitalized or anything. So right. I kind of like flew under the radar hmm. and I was suffering with severe migraines. So every probably second day or every third day, I would get a debilitating migraine. It was affecting my life. It was affecting my work. Like it was, you know, my part-time job. I couldn't go to school every day. Like there was just things that wasn't right for a teenager or a kid to go through. Yeah, that sounds pretty weird. And every pill they put me on, oh, it was terrible. Yeah. And I've definitely come around, but like every pill they put me on, I seem to have like every side effect, right? Like my the migraine medication would put me into convulsions or the pain medication for the shingles would, I couldn't breathe. Or there was just this horrible side effects that I'd rather have the headache. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started to realize that like Advil doesn't work, but the severe stuff makes me sick, I decided I was going to go and study it myself. I was going to go and fix it myself. If they can't figure me out, I'm going to go deal with it. But that was back then when I thought pharmaceuticals was the way to go, that pills were healthcare because we very much associate pharmaceuticals and going to the doctor and, and that as healthcare, the hospital is healthcare. Things changed when I realized that's more sick care. Because I, when I was studying it, when I was realizing they're using Mother Nature's cures and creating a synthetic mask of symptoms, it's a brilliant business model. But I wanted to be in healthcare, not sick care. So I didn't want to stay sick and just maintain that quality of life. I wanted to be better. Mm. Right. So I just kept learning. I just kept going because my answers or the answers to my questions weren't being answered. Like I just wasn't kind of like at the doctor when they're just like, oh, you're not sick enough to be admitted or you're hypochondriac sort of thing. Then they kind of brush off your questions the same way. I could be sitting in class and realize that this biological pathway has a lot of B3 and magnesium in it. Where's that coming from? And I'm just told that it's in your food. So I rush home and I look at my box of lucky germs and I don't see any magnesium in it. <laughs> Shocker. Where's the B3? You know what I mean? Like, I just was like, where's it coming from if it's not in my food? And then water is part of a lot of biological pathways, like nearly all of them. And I'm thinking, no, where's this water coming from? And it's very much poo-pooed if it's always there. Like a fish in water, they just know it's just always there, right? But I drink coffee all day. And I'm in university. So like, I wasn't drinking water. I don't remember liking water as a child. I always told my mom I didn't like water. It tastes like pool. I don't remember drinking water very much. So where are all these things coming from? So that's when it started to click for me that it's not about the Advil because there's no such thing as an Advil deficiency. There's no such thing as a Prozac deficiency. You're dehydrated. Yeah. Right. So I knew that pharmaceuticals weren't the way. So I had to kind of redirect. And I know I couldn't fix it from the inside because medical mafia is a real thing. If you've ever been to a doctor's office, you know that they're writing a prescription before you get a few words out. Hmm. They're not telling you to go for a walk and eat your vegetables and drink more water. Sure. Yeah. They're writing a prescription for T3s because your back hurts. Yeah. That's very much a default yeah. mode to prescribe you something. So you started going down this path, started realizing the importance of water and just nutrients in, in food and whatnot. And where did things go from there? Well, Einstein said, when you have the privilege to know, you have the duty to act. 
So the more I learned and the more I realized that they're not telling us the whole story. Like this is the stuff that your doctor either doesn't know or doesn't want you to know because it doesn't, cures don't pay the bills, right? Like healthy patients don't make money. So there's no cure or if there's no, how do I say it? You can't patent mother nature, right? So that's why they're not telling you that water and air and sleep and food are so important because they can't patent those things. But what the food industry is doing and the health industry is doing and the fitness industry is doing is kind of brand washing us into believe certain things. Do you know what I mean? So that's where I get really passionate about, especially with kids, because I walked into a big grocery store one day and behind me, a little girl noticed a sign over on a car that said, Farmers Feed Cities. <sighs> and she said, what do we need farmers for when we have grocery stores? Wow. Wow. <laughs> and my heart just about broken too. And that's when I changed my mission from like sports medicine and athletes and people who I thought were going to care about their health and performance. And I changed it to families and kids because these are the people that need to know. Yeah. These are the people that don't know. And these are the people that can be affected the most because at the end of the day, I don't care if you can shave 30 seconds off your marathon. At the end of the day, what I want is to be able to have that mom call me and say, thank you. I have so much more energy and my kids not having a meltdown anymore. Yeah. Like that's what this is about. So it really does come down to what Einstein said of, I have the privilege to know. So I have the duty to act. And that's, it came from because of me, you know, like I was sick. So I wanted answers for me. But then when I realized that the answers are so simple, I want to shout them from the rooftops. Awesome. Yeah. And that's why I really want to have you on the podcast. Cause I mean, if, people are listening, our parents out there who want the best for their kids, right? And they're not settling for the status quo. Yeah. They're looking for alternatives, looking for options, realizing there's perhaps better answers than what, what they've been finding so far. And one thing, I guess, first off, I mean, how's your health today? And then let's dive into what parents can do. Oh my goodness. I'm pushing 40 and I feel better now than I did at 22. I'm like, I don't deal with the digestive issues that I used to deal with, the gas and bloating and the crazy weight fluctuations and just like headaches and nausea and all the things that I used to deal with as a teen, a child and a preteen, all the things, like even young adult, like I was probably 24, 25 before I really realized like you are what you eat. And then I dove into what that actually means. Because we hear that, it's cliche. We hear that all the time. You are what you eat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you really get down into it, your food makes up the cellular makeup of your body but if you're not digesting the food, it doesn't really matter how nutritionally dense your meals are, right? So mm -hmm. when I became a nutritionist after pharmaceutical chemistry, I really dove into digestion because it's not about what you're eating so much as about how you're eating it. Oh, that's interesting. And the stress response that's happening. And that's what's really kind of sucky about the whole pandemic thing is because now we're on a low, low level chronic stress response. And everything that we could do or should do to like make ourselves feel better actually doesn't work. So like exercise, for example, a lot of people say exercise to help depression, anxiety, and all those things, and which is absolutely true, except when you're under chronic stress, because exercise is stress. So you're adding more stress. And, hmm. You know what I mean? So this kind of pandemic is actually hurting us more 
because of our current belief system. And yet our biology hasn't caught up to our society. So there's this weird like chicken or the egg, which comes first, right? Sorry, I want to like dive in. I'm just like a fire hydrant. I try to like not go on (laughs) tangents, but sometimes it happens. Okay, well, let's break down that one a little bit more then. So again, thinking about, about families here and, and health and exercise. So what would you recommend for families now in terms of exercise and staying healthy in, in that way? Well, I guess we kind of have to go one or the other because I find kids are either really, really rambunctious, right? Like, especially pre-COVID, I found a lot of kids were like on Ritalin because of ADHD and all these things. Or they're super lethargic and they have no motivation. And they don't want to do anything. Right. So it kind of depends on what's going on. But either way, it's a gut health issue because all of your neurons, like the neurotransmitters that help you feel better, that police your mood, that the reward and the learning and the attention and all those neurotransmitters are essentially produced in your gut. So if over 90% of your serotonin is produced in your gut and you don't have healthy gut, you don't have a healthy brain. And Here's where I kind of lose people because I feel like the brain is like the, just the squishy blind pilot between your ears. It is an overcomplicated, overcredited switchboard operator. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I say this from the standpoint of you have nerve cells that send your brain signals and then you have nerve cells that your brain sends back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. With you. So what I've realized is that the brain is just your apothecary. It's just your drugstore. Whatever drug, whatever high, whatever low you want, it's up here. It's really between your ears, you can make it, right? If you want the best high of your life, if you want Prozac and Ritalin, go for a run. Interesting. Okay. You know what I mean? Like there's just, if you want like Adderall, go do some jumpy jacks. Like there's just things that your brain will be able to produce based on the signals you send it. We as a society, I find, are not very aware of the signals we send it because we're so bombarded by signals. It really took me hitting my head and getting a concussion to realize how bombarded by signals we are. Like I felt almost autistic, you know, where they get like that sensory overload and they just kind of sit in the corner and freak out. Mm -hmm. That was me for like a year because it was sensory overload. So that's what we're just completely bombarded by stuff, by stimulation all day long. And it's our brain's job to filter it. That's it. But what it can't filter is like your breath pattern. So if I'm sitting here, I'm going to feel stress within seconds. And my brain's just going to start pumping out signals to send adrenaline and norepinephrine and all the things that are going to stress me out. I didn't just go for a run. I just was breathing heavy. But my brain doesn't really notice the difference between that type of like run from a bear stress. And I'm just sitting here worried about the bear stress. Mm, Right. It's all the same. Right. So we lay in bed fighting imaginary fires all morning. Meanwhile, we we could get up and live our dream instead. So we tend to stress ourselves out mentally. And then we don't replenish those nutrients, right? Like we don't drink enough water. We drink coffee because we're tired. Or like we just reach for the wrong things. And it kind of sends us in a snowball. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of different things to think about. And as you talk about sensory overload too, I just, I think for a lot of families too, it's right. Like, yeah, there's so many things to factor when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle. So how could, can you break it down for families perhaps just to think about maybe what what are most important things they should kind of focus on or start with if they're trying to create a more kind of healthy environment for them and their kids? Yes. So, and again, going back to like the 
balance, right? So if they're hyperactive versus really lethargic and less motivated, either way, it's a gut health issue. And either way, we our bodies have kind of like a hierarchy of needs, right? We've all heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? But I feel like we kind of brush over the physical health part really quickly. We tend to brush over the fact of like how we're breathing. Because when we're born, the only thing we have to negotiate is breath and gravity. Right. We tend to put that on autopilot pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But do we ever check in with how we're dealing with gravity? Not often. Most people have a forward head posture, which puts them into upper shoulder tension. And then there's a spiral and domino effect after that, right? So same thing goes with like, we'll talk about balance from the stance of like, if you're hyperactive or lethargic, same thing goes with your gut. If you're, let's say, eating a lot of sugar and eating a lot of things that irritate your gut and you're not absorbing the nutrients because your body's trying to push it out and you maybe have like loose stools or diarrhea or the other way around where you're eating a lot of meat or less fiber and it's just kind of nutrient void foods. There's constipation and sluggishness, right? So like what's happening on the outside is a mirror of what's happening on the inside too. And a lot of it does have, comes down to, I call them my top three priorities. So I ask everybody like randomly when I'm out or if I was eating at a restaurant or something, I'd lean over to the next table and be like, what are your top three priorities in life? Like what are the things you cannot live without? I'm not talking about the things that make your life easier, but the things you cannot live without. Most people would say like food, shelter, companionship. Those are the like the three biggest answers I got. Nobody said air, water, and sleep. But you can go weeks without food. Mm-hmm. I know tons of people go a whole lifetime without exercise. <laughs> right? But you cannot go more than a week without sleep. You will die. You start hallucinating. No one's ever done it without drugs. You can't go more than three or four days without water. And good luck a day without air. Mm. So why aren't we checking in on how we breathe? Because if you're anxious or lethargic, breath work can change that in seconds. Mm. You know how everyone's like, oh, just breathe. Oh, just relax. You know, and you're stressed out or just breathe. (laughs) Right. But we don't know what that means. Right? Because we go, (laughs) well, that's not what I meant by just breathe. That's a diaphragmatic breathing. So we always have to check in. That's my big thing is check in. So create self-awareness as opposed to rules and regulations, right? Like I don't ever, as a nutritionist, I don't tell people what to eat. I'd rather help you decide or tell you what's in your food and help you like show you how to eat because if you're stressed out, you're not digesting. So you're not absorbing, right? It's not just you are what you eat. You are what you eat, digest, and absorb. So can you get back to your your top three then? So the, the first thing really what you're saying is breathing, right? Yes. Just the quality of our breath. And I, it's interesting you mentioned that. I've read lots of different things about this. And I just, honestly, I forget about it. And I remember I've done some... Autopilot. Yeah, <laughs> totally, right? So it's good that you bring, even for me, just bring back that awareness. So... Check in. Where do you breathe? If you breathe in through your nose, what muscles move? Do you feel your shoulders lift? Or do you feel your belly come out? Or some people just feel their chest inflate? Yeah, for me, it's the chest. Yeah, and the shoulders a little bit. Yeah. A lot of people are shallow chest breathers, okay? Yeah. So when you shallowly breathe, if you watch a newborn breathe, their whole body's evolved. We just mess it up along the way. Something happens, you know, we might have like, it might be an injury. It might be like intercostal muscles, like a chest injury or like something, or it could be posturally. Can't take a deep breath if you're hunched over, right? But if you sit up tall- Our laptops. Yeah, exactly. Or we're on our phone all day, whatever. 
But if you sit up tall and take a deep breath through your mouth, it's a whole different story where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we need to use our diaphragm. We think our lungs are like a muscle that fill with air. It's just an empty sack. It's a bag. It's your diaphragm that sucks air in and pushes air out. So we need to use it. So in terms of trying to, you know, say, build that, that habit, right? What are some simple ways you suggest for, for parents and kids? I find, especially because we're so stressed out, I love laying on the floor because when you have your back on the floor, there's sensory perception or sensory like neural feedback that you have that's actually you're breathing into the floor. You can feel that. You can tell that your spine is neutral when you're laying on something flat. Okay. Right? Was where, because I was a personal trainer for, yeah, number of years. When you tell somebody to stand up straight, you get a thousand different postures. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. But you put them on the floor and all that goes away because they're, they're flat. Okay. So as soon as you put somebody on the floor, if there's any lower back pain, you can bend the knees. If not, just lay flat and take those big mouth breaths until you get a feel for 360 degrees around you're breathing 360 degrees, right? Newborns use their whole body. Because that's also a way to push and pull nutrients in and out of cells. That's getting, yeah. Right? You get that almost accordion-like thing, especially through your spine. You want movement through your vertebrae. You want to be able to move your spine. It's supposed to be flexible, right? But we want to protect it. (laughs) So would you suggest like doing that like once a day or a couple times a day or just... Honestly, if you just like open your eyes and start with a few breaths like that, and the more you can program your body to like, breathe that way. So as soon as you can start to close your mouth, like you get a few open mouth breaths. So you know how it feels, right? And then start closing your mouth. So you know how it feels through your nose and just start your day like that. And I guarantee you, your whole day will be better than starting unintentionally and frantically. Like my husband was a spin instructor. He used to just roll out of bed and go to spin. I don't know how he could possibly do that. He was running himself down. His adrenals were fatigued. He was passing out sometimes. Like, he's just getting low blood pressure. It was bad. And that was when I first met him. and was like, you need to deal with this. You're fat deficient. There's a whole many things. So there could be, that's what I'm saying. There could be a whole lot of stuff going on. But for the most part, your body knows exactly what to do. We're the ones that get in the way mm. because we're the ones that think we need to micromanage everything. But I'm sorry, if you, when was the last time you had to think about digesting your meal? Right. If you had to think about digestion, you'd still be on your first meal because you wouldn't have a clue which enzymes to produce. Like your pancreas is brilliant. Okay. We don't tend to give it enough credit. We tend to muck it up. There's an Osho quote that says like, there's nothing more brilliant than the body. Science has never been able to create anything more brilliant. And yet we don't care what we put into our mouth. We don't think about what chemistry is involved or that we're responsible for how we feel, right? That we're maybe responsible for our headaches or all those things. So that's when I realized like when I'm responsible for my headaches because I was having dairy, everything shifted. And all I did was cut out dairy for three weeks and I dropped 10 pounds and didn't have a migraine in those entire three weeks. And my whole life, my whole perspective changed. Because of that one food group I cut out. And I mean, you and I chatted for what, 45 minutes the first time we met and you changed things. And within two weeks, your whole life was different just because you cut out a few carbs and ate a bit more fat. And it's just, it's a balance, right? So that's where I was saying like, 
It doesn't have to be complicated. Exactly. It doesn't have to be, but you also have to realize certain things. Like you are more bugs than human cells. Like we have maybe 50 trillion cells. That's a lot of zeros. But we have 500 trillion bugs living on our cells, in our cells, like all of it. That's a nice feeling. So it's like on of our skin. It makes up our gut health. But that's what's really important when it comes to gut health. Your gut is called your second brain for a reason. It's because they're intimately connected. And if you have bad gut bugs taking over, like if you've been on antibiotics your whole life, or if you don't eat a lot of fiber, or if it's like a lot of alcohol or a lot of aesthetic foods, or there's just so many things that could affect the gut lining. I wrote an article, if anybody wants to check it out, it's pretty long, but- Yeah, I know for sure. We can definitely share that. Everything you need to know about your gut health is in that article. It's all about probiotics and- I love that people throw around words like probiotics. I find it's very fad, like gluten-free, you know? When you see like gluten-free water, you know, it's just like a fad word. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or vegetarian beef. (laughs) Yeah. It's just this weird that like those Beyond Burgers are so weird to me because I'm like, vegans don't eat beef for the reason that it looks like fleshy meat and they don't want it bleeding. And now you're putting beet juice in a vegan burger and it's now bleeding. And I'm like, this is so bizarre <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, we live in a strange world. Yeah. Okay, so we started with, so breathwork is a key thing. And again, really simple to do, right? Something you could start with at the beginning of your day, right? Absolutely. And there's also something called alternate nostril breathing. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. If you've ever been to a yoga class, they may have done it. But like I was saying with the like lethargic and hyperactive, we tend to have those two states, right? Like yin and yang type of states. And if you're feeling one or the other, alternate nostril breathing helps bring you back to the opposite. So it helps bring you back to center. Oh, really? So this is where it's all about balance. And we've heard those things like eat a balanced meal. and But we don't really know what that means. We're told by the Canadian food guide to like eat dairy and grains. And I'm like, ah, no, eat more plants. <laughs> right. So, okay. So alternate nose breathing. Yes. Interesting. I have to look that one up. I don't want to, like, I know this is usually an audio thing, so it's hard to, like, show people how to do an alternate nostril breathing. But Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe we can put a link in the show notes mm-hmm. for people if they want to check that out. That'd be awesome. Yes. Okay, so we've checked the box on the breathing part, and you've been talking a lot about the gut as well. And where, where do you want to go next? What would be the second thing to focus on primarily? Honestly, like, because sleep is so important, but sleep is so reliant on so many other things, right? Like, if you're eating a lot of sugar... And on your phone all night, you're not going to be able to sleep. So water is obviously the next big one because you can't go more than a few days without water. But nearly every single biological function in the body is like requires water. Yeah. So it shocks me how many of my clients that I see where, you know, they've got diabetes and fibromyalgia and like a list of, we'll call it conditions. And they've got a longer list of specialists. And not one of them has asked how much water they drink And then when I do, and I'm floored that they either drink none or less than 500 mils or they're drinking bottled water or whatever, not one of these people have addressed dehydration. And as soon as I do, as soon as I do, a lot of the stuff just goes away. Yeah. Like all of it just gone because you pick up that first domino. So if you look up the dehydration symptoms, it's an arm length list. It's huge. Yeah. So why aren't we addressing it? You know what I mean? It blows me away. This is a huge passion of mine too, as we had some of our chats too when we first met about water. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for for myself, I try to drink at least two and a half to three liters a day. And same with my kids. Like we have little 
containers that they fill up a certain amount of times in the day just to keep track of it. Cause yeah, I mean, we're about 80% water, Yeah, you know? So as you said, every bodily function requires it. We should be, and that's the thing we should be, but we're not. When I worked at the gym and put those people on like the little electrode thing and it told me, you know, how much body fat and how much muscle mass and how much water. Most people are at like 40 to 60%. It's scary how dehydrated, like chronically dehydrated people are and nobody's addressed it Yeah, because it's free, but it's not really free, right? Like Nestle is screwing up our aquifers and we're being sold bottled water. If my grandmother knew we were being sold water, she'd be rolling over in a grave. Right. Like water is a human necessity, just like oxygen. And now that we've got oxygen bars popping up, oh dear Lord. I'm just like, I'm blown away because we're being sold lies, right? We're being told not to drink our tap water and we're being told to drink bottled water because they can sell it to us for more expensive. Like we bought a Berkey instead. So I have a Berkey water filter that literally saves us thousands and thousands of tons of plastic every year, but also they last forever. Like, and it filters as a chemist, like I am blown away that it filters heavy metals and fluorides and all those things but it's the best tasting water I've ever had and from anyone. So I show up at like trade shows with this thing all because it's all about water, right? You can't live without water. So I show up with this thing because I love water and it blows people away how much it tastes just like it should. It tastes like water. Mm. The moment it hits your lips, people are like, whoa, like the eyes light up. The second it touches their face, like it actually, the molecular structure is different. It's actually just water instead of pool water, which is why as a kid, I never liked water because it tasted like chemicals to me. It's awful. Yeah. It tastes horrible. Yeah. All the things that are put in the water, <laughs> not for you, but to keep the, the water pipes from the rusting. bugs out, quote unquote. Right, right. Right. Yeah. So number two then, yeah, it's just simply you know, drink enough like decent water. So mm-hmm. definitely worth getting a filter to take out a lot of those chemicals yeah. and whatnot. And you mentioned the Berkey. I have a can Kangen system as well. Okay. There's lots of good options out there, but yeah, just drink enough water. And yeah. so that's something that again is really easy to do. Provided you like drinking the taste of the water. <laughs> I've got an article on the website too called the most important nutrient you need in your body. And that is basically about water and air, but it breaks it down on not only when to drink water, because if you're having a hard time drinking water, there are very specific times that are more beneficial than others. So like first thing when you wake up, for instance, if you're not going to drink any water throughout the day, other than one, drink it the very first thing when you wake up. Because now you're flushing out your system, all the detox like processes that happen during your sleep, and you're lubricating your system for the coming day. Like you want stomach acid and you need stomach acid or you need water to create stomach acid. So like it just sets you up. So if you're only going to drink one glass or one bottle of water, do it first thing when you wake up. Otherwise, if you're able to keep going, drink between meals. I think fluids with meals is a detriment to digestion. So try not to drink fluids at all. But if you have to drink something, make sure it's just room temperature water. Because think about if you added, you know what animal fats turn into when they're cold? Like a solid, yeah. Right? They get all hard and gross. So you don't want to add cold drinks to your digestive system if you're eating. It'll literally shut down your digestive process. And you'll need to then warm up your food and then start bringing it down again. And we don't want to have to wait, right? We don't want to muck up our digestion with cold beverages, yeah. which is horrible, which is the first thing they serve you at a restaurant and all the things. Right, yeah, yeah. Just, it's so backwards, right? So this is where society kind of gets in the way. Mm. Just, just like our habits, yeah, our belief systems. 
I love your passion, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so much, such an encyclopedia of knowledge. This is really great. It's more of like a fire hydrant. And I'm sorry if it's like, ah! <laughs> but I get so like, and they're so interconnected. So it's hard, you know, chicken yes. or the egg sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I get it 100%. And it's important to build in little habits and little tricks. So like for me, like in terms of drinking enough, like I have like this, those are, you can see the video. Mm-hmm. So I've got like this thermos, right? So I fill it up. Yeah. You've got your, uh, got your big flask. Yeah. So I fill that thing up first thing, right? So I do a meditation. Why not? I drink that all before meditation and then I get into that. So I have this habit, this ritual that makes it easier to happen. And then between each meal, I drink one of these and then I have another one during a workout. So I can basically count out how much water I've had by the end of the day, by how many of these times I filled it up. And it's, so it's, it makes it really easy. It's kind of the ritual and I get the visual feedback of how much I've actually consumed. And I drink sometimes as, as just regular water, sometimes as tea, which kind of makes it leisure. I always look forward to my afternoon decaf chai, which makes the drinking uh, just part of what I do, like brushing teeth. I don't even really think about it. Yeah. Exactly. And tracking it's a big thing because you don't want to get to like six o'clock and realize, oh crap, I've only had one little glass this morning yeah. and then try to drink like three liters after dinner. You know, <laughs> like you don't want to have to do that. So tracking it throughout the day and having it with you, right? Like you don't want to have to go to the kitchen or go to the vending machine or go somewhere to get up and get a glass of something. Water is probably not going to be your first choice. Yeah. Make it easy. Yeah. Right. So if you have it with you, then it's just sipping all day. It's just there. It's in eyesight. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay, so we covered off um, breathing, we covered off drinking, and then you're starting a little bit to to sleep. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of factors involved there. What's important about sleep and what are some, obviously there's a lot of things that could be done, but what Mm -hmm. are a few simple things that parents can do to help them and their kids? I feel like sleep is like the underdog. It's the underrated, like we all have a relationship with sleep, right? I think Ariana Huffington said it best. She said, we all have a relationship with sleep. It's like that on again, off again relationship with the ex that hasn't quite moved out. It could be super destructive or really great. It depends on the day. (laughs) So I find sleep is so important because it's the only process that helps build up. Okay. Digestion is a breakdown process. Working out is a breakdown process. Mental activity is a breakdown process. So if we're breaking down all day long, we have to build back up. And sleep is the only way to do that. And when I say sleep, I mean quality sleep, like good quality sleep. There is nothing better than a good night's sleep. We've all heard grandma say, you know, sleep on it. Like just, oh, got a big decision, sleep on it. You need sleep. But there's that caveat again, like it's kind of like, um, I don't care what you eat. It's more how you eat kind of thing. So it's not how long you sleep, it's when you sleep. So a lot of people have heard, you know, seven to eight hours is the best or seven to nine hours is the best. But that's not good enough if it's like 1 a.m. to 9 because you're not producing the ser- or the melatonin and all the actual hormones that you need to be restorative. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So your body has, we all have heard of circadian rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. We have a very specific rhythm that if it's on point, if your hormones are acting as they should, right? Because of what we're doing, if they're not acting as they should, it's something we're doing. So I heard a lot of people say, like, if your melatonin's off, just take melatonin. Or if you can't sleep, it's probably your melatonin. Just take melatonin. No. If your melatonin's off, it's probably because you've been on your phone all night. Mm -hmm. Like you've been on like around blue light in the dark, basically. So you're creating the illusion to the blind pilot that it's daylight and you need to be awake. So you need to be alert. We got to produce the chemicals that are going to make us alert. There's no time for sleep. Sleep is for stupid dead people, 
right? That's what we tell ourselves, right? Right. So all these things go on. So it's because you've surrounded yourself with blue light or you've been on screen or been watching an action movie or whatever, and we're not ready for sleep. We think sleep is just something that we're entitled to. It kind of happens automatically. If we get ready to eat, we get ready for our day. Why don't we get ready for sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So what I do is it doesn't matter the day, nine o'clock, my phone just shuts down. I could be typing a message and it's just nine o'clock, it's gone. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I have to make sure that I know what time it is because at nine o'clock, everything's gone. Mm. The EMF waves, you know, Wi-Fi is gone. My computer's gone. Like all of it's just gone. And I, I even set up little things called flux and like there's blue light blockers and all sorts of things that you can set up on your screen, mm-hmm. but it's still screen time. Right. Right. It's still the activity of screen time. So I just shut it all down and I'll either, I assess my day. So body benefits from movement, but the mind benefits from stillness. Okay. So if I've been up and moving and like making recipes all day and I've been stirring cookie batter and taking pictures and running around the kitchen, chasing the dogs all day, I'll assess my evening and be like, okay, my mind needs stillness now. So that'll be when I meditate or do some deep breathing or something like that, where I really try to calm down. Maybe I'll do some stretching with my breath, no static holds, just inhale, exhale, working with your breath. Or if I've been on the computer all day and my mind is exhausted and I've just been analytical work or computer stuff all day, then that might be when I do some yoga or when I go for a walk around the block Mm. or I need to get my body moving because my mind is like exhausted, but my body is still like that pent up dog. Right. Just because you were at work all day doesn't mean your dog was like tired. So I very much treat myself like I very much treat everybody like we're two people. You've got the squishy blind pilot who's essentially a liar, that thing between your ears, right? And then you've got all the genius below your eyes because your lungs fill every time you need them to. You don't have to think about it. Your food digests for you every time you eat something, no matter what it is, for the most part. And your feet take you places, your hands. Like how many things could you not have done if it weren't for your fingers? Yeah. Like there's just so much brilliance below your eyes and we give zero gratitude for it. We treat it like a disobedient dog. Meanwhile, we're the ones in the way. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to sleep, we really do have to assess on like what we need to sleep, but it really is darkness. I also have another article called how to get up or how to get the best rest or how to wake up rested or something about getting the waking up rested. And it breaks it down of like, get rid of the blue lights. Make your lunch your largest meal because if you're waiting till eight o'clock at night to eat a huge meal, you're toast. Like you're not going to sleep. You're digesting, not resting. Yeah, your body's still working. Yeah. I know we need rest to digest, but I'd rather clean up the day's work rather than digest dinner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then sugary snacks. Like if you can't, if you, here's what the way I explain it to clients if you're using a Snickers bar to wake yourself up at 3 p.m., don't use a Snickers bar at 9 p.m. and expect to go to bed. Yeah. Like you can't eat sugar at night and expect to go to bed. So it very much depends on your diet throughout the day. And I find breakfast also sets you up for sleep because how you eat for breakfast sets you up for whether you have late night snack cravings. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. So fat, fiber, protein, all that stuff needs to be for breakfast. And I find we're so fat phobic that I really want to change that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we need to eat more healthy fats, but the food industry destroys them. So that's where we need to eat real food. That's where my passion comes with teaching kids, like where their food comes from and what food really is or what real food is. 
when people ask what diet I'm on, I'm like the real food diet, baby, because there's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're telling me about some pretty cool, some pretty cool berries before the show too. I- oh yeah, the Hascap berries, amazing. Yeah, there's so many amazing whole foods out there. We just want to go and explore a little. Yeah, farmers markets are so good for that though, because like what you get at the grocery store is nowhere near what you could get at a local farmer's market in terms of like, I have never seen, I mean, I see them now, but when I was growing up, I'd never seen kohlrabi before. I've never seen daikon, like purple daikon radishes before. I've never seen, like, there's so many things that are now some of my favorite foods that I've never seen in the grocery store growing up. Like, and if I did, I'd be like, what is that? Ah." Yeah. Yeah. Whereas when you go to the farmer's market, you're like, what is that? And they will tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. So I highly recommend farmer's markets. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and going back to the, the story of that, that young girl too, right? Seeing that connection between people who grow our food and, and what ends up on our plate. So this has been really uh, great, Megan. Um, ton of valuable information. And you've mentioned you've written some really great articles as well. So we'll definitely put those in the show notes because there's only so much you can cover right exactly. in, a, in a podcast <laughs> interview. So we're really just, we're touching on the important things. You, again, you've talked about the importance of breathing of air, talked about the importance of what else we call water, right? Importance of drinking enough water at the right times. And then also the incredible importance of sleep and yeah. both how to set up good sleep and how to get good sleep. And again, more information to digest in no pun intended <laughs> in your uh, in your articles, which we'll we'll put there. Yeah. So just to, to wrap up, Megan, is there anything else you'd like to say to kind of encourage parents and families as they kind of navigate through these times right now in terms of finding a healthy lifestyle? I think, and this is weird coming from like a health coach or somebody who's giving information, but I really think that you need to listen to your body, listen to your kids, listen to your body and actually do what your body needs. Because listening to me and saying, you know, sleep is the most important thing. If you can't sleep, if you need to drink water instead, or if you need to, you have to listen to you and your body because you can't just do what somebody else says. This is why I don't tell people what to eat because it really does come down to how your body digests those foods. So if I tell you the strawberries are the most healthy thing in the world and you're allergic to strawberries, I mean, I don't want you eating strawberries. You have to listen to your body. So I find that's the hardest thing because we're always looking for that expert opinion or that third-party validation or that thing outside of us, right? And you have everything you need in you and you just have to listen for those signals. Yeah, great. Words of wisdom and advice, so... Thanks so much for joining me today, Megan. I learned a ton. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it was really, really good. And I'm so delighted that you're doing this work and focusing on kids in particular. And I'm so glad that your health has turned around and you're having a living a wonderful, healthy, dynamic life, entertaining uh, people in restaurants and everywhere <laughs> else. And <laughs> no, you're doing really important work in the world. And how can people connect with you? Maybe see how they could perhaps work with you. I know you do lots of work directly with families or just get more of your information from you. Yes. So you can find me at fuelyourintention.com and you can email me directly if you like at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, no H, at fuelyourintention.com. You can find me on Instagram at fuelyourintention or at wellness.wizard as well. And that's where, because I'm working with kids, that's where the wellness wizard came from. Like if you can teach kids how to melt their muscles and you know that they're in charge of their body, it's just, it blows them away. So We are all wizards and we need to realize that we are magical. And that's the mission. (laughs) (laughs) That's an awesome mission. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Megan. Thank you so much, Jerry. All right. Bye now. See you.